Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, Transformation Church. It is good to be with you today. God is good. We are in July, and so that means we are in the middle of summer at Transformation Church. So I tried to wear my best summer shirt today. Uh, it's an exciting month. We have five and five coming up. There's going to be great speakers there. You're not going to want to miss it. There's, there's a lot of great things happening here during the month of July. We're going to have slushies out there. If you want to grab a slushie on your way out, it has been warm this week. I'm telling you, it, it is like the heat has arrived. We are officially in summer. Um, and so it is a great time. We have big serve day coming up this weekend, right? This next weekend, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting because we have seen what God can do at Big Serve Day. Last year, we had about 200 people sign up to go and do projects all around the city of Knoxville. We went to Cedar Bluff Middle School. We painted their library. We painted the office. We built a wheelchair ramp for accessibility for someone to their house. We did all kinds of really neat stuff in our community. And we saw God move. And, and I believe God really blessed the people of our community, but also the people who were involved. We heard stories and testimonies of what God was doing in people's lives as they went and served and they partnered with people who are in our community who are doing great and amazing things. And so it is an awesome time and I don't want you to miss it. We will gather here Saturday morning and we will worship, we'll seek the Lord and then go out into our community and do some really incredible things. We're going to be over at West Valley Middle School painting and doing some awesome stuff there. We're going to be building some more ramps and I just believe God is going to bless you. So don't miss out on this opportunity to see God move. But it's not just there that outreach happens. It's not just a program. It's uh, it, it outreach happens 24-7 here. And it's so cool to see what God is doing, right? There are amazing things. Did you know that there is a group of men that meet together to find furniture to deliver it to people who are in need? And they go all over the place. They're constantly carrying furniture and trying to deliver it to people. And I know many of you have heard of Serve Knock Saturday. How many of you have heard of Serve Knock Saturday? Yeah. Serve Knock Saturday happens because of you guys. It happens because we all gather together to go and serve our community one Saturday a month. And I have, honestly, I've never seen anything like it before. It is so cool to see what God can do when we gather together. And it's, it's amazing. We have given out 129,000 pounds of food so far this year. Yeah, that is so exciting. And it's not just big programs like that. Did you know that one of our members of our church drives a school bus and, and he's told me that when he's driving the bus, he's praying over kids. He's believing that God is doing a work in their life. And he's, he's, not, he's not necessarily able to directly share the gospel, but he is reaching out and believing God to work in their lives. Did you know that we have a member of our church? She is 87 years old. And we were sitting and talking and she was sharing with us about the blankets that she's making to take to the assisted living home so that she can share hope and love with the people there. Did you know 
that you provide donuts every week so that a hundred students can gather in the library at Cedar Bluff Middle School on Wednesday morning before school to talk about the name of Jesus. Wow, that is so cool. This one is dear to my heart. Last year at Christmas, we had 877 kids receive a gift for Christmas because of you guys. And so it's so cool to see that. And every week, people in our church, every single day, go and buy snacks and they make food and they buy drinks and they go across the street over here and they fill up the World Cafe with this, these items so that uh, people in our law enforcement community can stop by our cop stop and have a safe place to use the restroom and do their paperwork and receive a gift. Because of you guys, every single day, outreach is happening here. And I could go on and on because we love outreach. But the reason why all of these things are so powerful is because they are combined with good news. At the center of everything that we do here at Transformation Church is good news. Yeah. Jesus talks about what this looks like in Matthew chapter 9. If you turn with me, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it'll be on the screens as well. It says this, And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Good news. He was proclaiming the good news. And healing every disease and every affliction, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. God, we love you. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, Jesus. Father, that your good news would be at the center of everything that we do, Jesus. And Father, if we have come in today and we are far off from you, Lord, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would begin a work of speaking your good news to us, Lord, of drawing us near to you so that we can carry good news. We love you, Lord. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. The title of my sermon today is I Have Good News. So if you would, turn to your neighbor and say, I have good news. That was pretty good, but we have good news to be excited about. So I need you to turn to your other neighbor and say, I have good news. There is good news. It's because Jesus came to this earth. And he walked around with a message that he called the gospel or he called it good news. They're interchangeable. And the word that is used there in the Greek is this word called euangelion. And it's interesting. Jesus goes around and, and the, the name of what he is doing is euangelion, bringing the good news, right? But it's a militaristic term. 
And the term is used when they would go out to battle and they would have a victory or the mission would be accomplished and they would bring back the good news of what the military had done. They would bring back the the good news of the victory in battle. And it's so interesting. Jesus, who has no sword, he's not going into uh, battle against the Roman government, but he uses this militaristic term to describe what he's doing. And I think the reason that he uses it is because it is good news of a victory in battle. It's good news of a victory in battle, but not a physical battle, but a spiritual battle. And Jesus came to this earth and he is fighting a battle against, not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of the, the, the heavens. And so he goes and he says, hey, my victory because of my life here on earth and my death and resurrection, the good news is that I have defeated death, hell, and the grave. And it's because of the life that I lived here on earth. And it's happening right here before your eyes. And so Jesus goes around proclaiming this good news. And I think what he was doing was outreach. It's where we get our idea of what outreach looks like. Jesus traveled. He was all over the place. He was crossing the sea. He was walking down the scary long roads. He was headed all over the place to share this message. And so I think outreach is the good news. They're not separate. They go together. And so outreach is the good news. And it's the good news that the kingdom of God is here. And with it is healing, hope, and restoration. All of which is paid for through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so my question today is what makes a person... Get up at 8 o'clock in the morning, one Saturday a month, so that they can come and, and sweat in the hot, and, and they're out there in the cold, and they're working really hard to share and bring food to our community. What makes a person who's 87 years old work to make blankets to share with people? What makes a person pack bags of food to go and share with complete strangers? What makes a person... Do that because it's not virtue signaling. It's not that they're perfect or a saint. I think the only reason that makes someone do that is because they have experienced good news themselves. They've experienced the life and hope and restoration that comes with knowing and believing the good news. They've overcome addiction. They've seen God carry them through loss. They've seen God repair family. They've seen God move when they prayed over and over and over again and just hoped and believed that God would move. And then they saw him begin to heal. And I think it's that encounter with the healing and hope of the good news in our own story that compels us to go and to share. It's not something that we have from the beginning. It's something that we learn. It's something that we build over time as we make memories with God, as we see him move. 
we begin to, to, to learn more and more about what this good news really is. For me, I can remember back in high school as I was trying to figure this out. Uh, I, I was raised in church, but I went to church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And if you know anything about Tulsa, Oklahoma, it is flat and windy in the middle of the buckle of the Bible belt. And I, I'm telling you, there is a church on every corner and everyone goes to church. And it is just there. There are a lot of people. And so I was in high school, and I can remember our youth pastor talking about how, hey, God has done something in your life. I need, you need to go out and share what he's doing. You need to go out, invite someone to church. We're going to do a big push. We want everyone to try to invite someone to church. And that made me nervous because I knew all of my friends, for the most part, went to church. Now, some of them were in progress. But I, I, I don't know, somehow the Lord ran me into someone. I was looking for someone to invite to church, and I found him in math class. And he sat next to me in math class, and his name was Brian. And I, I started to, we started to become friends because we needed to help each other through math class. And so I knew that we had a really fun Wednesday night coming up, and I could invite him to it. And so I, I started the conversation and said, hey, Brian, what are you, what are you up to this Wednesday? And he said he didn't have anything going on because he's in high school and, and he didn't have plans. So he had an open night. And I said, hey, Brian, would you like to come to church with me? And he paused. And that pause felt like eternity. And I was like, oh, no. He's about to say no. And my one shot at stepping out in faith and believing God was going to do something was going to fail. So I sweetened the deal. I said, okay, all right, I'll sweeten the deal for you. Brian, there are so many hot girls there. You want to come, man. You want to come. He immediately said, I'll be there. And he came to church for a long time after that. So something happened. What I didn't understand, though, was the power of the message. I didn't understand it yet. Because if I could go back and talk to my 15-year-old self, and if I had that opportunity again, I would tell my 15-year-old self this, that, hey, it doesn't matter who's there. You don't have to sweeten the deal. It doesn't matter how cool it is. It doesn't matter about the lights. It doesn't matter about how many people are there. What matters is that the God of the universe, the living God, is wanting to encounter that person. And so I would tell myself, hey, if you had an opportunity to share uh, and invite someone to church again, maybe, maybe try a different way and say, hey, Brian, I know, man, life's been tough. I know at home, we've been sharing with each other. We've been talking about how at home, your parents have been fighting and life has been really difficult. Can I tell you, hey, if you want to come to church with me, uh, it's crazy. 
But I believe God encounters us when we seek him. And so if you came to church with me and you just just tried it, you just could get enough faith to maybe say, hey, God, I need your help a little bit. It would be incredible to see what God does because he gives joy when there is no joy. Right. He gives peace that goes beyond all understanding. Right. He is our hope in the middle of hopelessness. And so I I would approach it a little bit differently and say, hey, Brian, God has changed my life. I've seen him move in ways that I can't even explain. So if you would, hey, just come, just come try it. Just come see. I've learned that in order to do outreach well, you have to believe in the power of the good news. You have to believe it. So my question for you today is this. Have you experienced the life-changing power of a Savior who defeated death, hell, and the grave? So that we can live with peace, patience, joy, wholeness, kindness, self-control, and all of these things that follow. Have you experienced that? If your answer is yes, then I would say you don't need a special project. You don't need a date on the calendar to share the good news because you have everything you need. If your answer is no, I would encourage you this. Lean in. And if you could muster any ounce of faith to just try, to just say, God, I want to know you. Lean in because I think there is lots of good news to be shared today. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus in this passage, he's going around and what follows him is healing hope healing of every disease, every affliction. Uh, He's proclaiming the good news. The kingdom of God is here, helping the helpless. And then he comes to the end, verse 37, and he says this. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. In order to do outreach, You have to labor. So congratulations. Congratulations because when you have good news and you have experienced the good news of who Jesus is, you have joined the biggest serve team in all the world. It goes beyond Transformation Church. (laughs) It goes beyond the city of Knoxville. It is the biggest serve team in the whole world, the outreach team. Welcome. I don't have a welcome email for you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Congratulations. Jesus models what it looks like to be on this team. He goes around and he is preaching and proclaiming this good news. But it's not just a sermon. His message isn't just some great logical uh, treatise. It's not just a compelling speech that he gives. He goes around and what follows him, people encounter and experience him. 
It's like the lady who has been ostracized her whole life and left out alone and no one wants to talk to her and she's, she's seeking hope and healing and, and she finally eventually gets to Jesus and touches the hem of his garment and, and she receives healing and hope and he calls her daughter, right? Jesus goes around and what follows is, is hope. He has people who come to him who have been battling addiction and demonic influence. And and as Jesus doesn't just speak to them, but he reaches out, he goes to them and, and he begins to pray over them and walk alongside them and they find freedom. He sets the captive free. Jesus brings a group of 12 disciples around him who are full of problems. And they walk in relationship with him. And they hear about the good news over and over, not just from a sermon, but from the way that Jesus lived his life. And they find hope and healing. And I find it no surprise that on the biggest stages Jesus speaks from, they are followed by some of the greatest acts of service. The feeding of many people. From the fish and the bread, Jesus does a miracle and begins to feed the crowds and feed the masses. Because his message isn't just one of a great logical argument. It's one of provision. It's one of hope. But it's not just Jesus who has this calling. The, Paul talks about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. He says this, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters... To acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard because of, in, their lo- in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak and be patient with everyone. The work isn't just for Jesus to do. We have a high calling. We have a high calling as those who carry the good news to be about the work of the kingdom. To be about the work of living relationally, walking side by side with people around us, sharing the good news. It's not just an idle faith. And the question we have to all ask ourselves is, do I live with good news? Am I about the work of the kingdom? We saw... God do something really incredible in our lives. We had a friend of ours call one night and he called and said, hey, uh, some things have happened at home and I need a place to stay. And what we found out when we said yes, we said absolutely yes. We kind of live with an open door policy in our house and, and that's created some interesting stories. It's been a lot of fun. And so we said yes, absolutely. He came over and started to share with us what was happening. This, this family was really close to us. We've uh, walked through life with them for a long time. And he started to share that they, uh, their marriage was falling apart. And they had two kids and and life had just gotten to a place where things were not going well. And he started to live at our house for a while. And we believed for reconciliation. We believed that God would bring them back together. That God would do a healing work. And we prayed with him. We encouraged him. We spoke truth over him and said, hey, we, 
God wants you to be in a loving marriage. God wants you to be uh, seen and heard. And, and we're going to believe that all of these things are going to happen. And later down the line, we started to get to a place where it became very clear that the marriage was not going to be put back together. Things had just gone really wrong. There was a lot of hurt. There were a lot of late night conversations on the couch. As my friend started to process all of the things that you go through when you're grieving the loss of a marriage. When you're hurting the anger and the frustration and all the while we started to walk with him as as he headed into new territory and and we gave him advice and talked to him along the way but I don't know if the advice was that great but all we really could do was just say hey Jesus Jesus sees you Jesus knows what you're going through And I think if you just continue to press into him, you'll see God do something pretty incredible. And so we started to pray with him and we started to say, hey, I I know it's getting really tough. Hang on to your integrity. Even when it feels like the other party isn't holding on to any, hang on to your integrity. Believe that God is who he says he is. Because if you continue to walk in integrity, you continue to seek him, you will see God move at the end. So fast forward to this summer. I got to go to Oklahoma and I got to marry him and his new wife. Because God did an amazing work of healing and restoration. And the part that, that we got to play in the middle of all of it was to simply point to Jesus. Because man, it hurt. And man, it was way bigger than any of us could ever figure out. And so I think Amazing things can happen when we walk our lives with good news. Paul talks about what this means for us and and the work of carrying the message of good news in Romans chapter 10. He's arrived in Athens and when he gets there, he starts to debate with the philosophers and and the people who are uh, the religious elite and, and they start to share with him about all of the gods they serve. And they come to this God that they call the unknown God. And, and Paul notices that God has been speaking to these people who are outside of the typical uh, Jewish culture. They're outside. They're the, in that day, they were considered the Gentile. They, they hadn't really had anyone come to share with them. But what was incredible is that God was already at work. God was already... teaching them about himself. He was already moving, even in the midst of their uh, pagan, uh, all of the gods that they had. God was moving. And so Paul comes to this in verse 14 of chapter 10. And this is what he notices. This is his response. He says this, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? How will they know? 
your coworker who is isolated and feels alone because they're working through divorce, your family member who is grieving the loss of a child who's not even yet here, your son or daughter that is battling addiction and desperate for a solution, your neighbor who is quietly battling cancer, how will they know? You might say, Dylan, that's a heavy burden to carry. That my sharing the good news and the hope with them is the only way that they can know. That's heavy. And the reality is that there are people in our world who are hurting and broken. And God is already at work in their situation. But how could they know if we don't share the hope that Jesus is? That's a heavy responsibility. But Paul continues. He doesn't stop there. He says, as it is written, how beautiful. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The reality is that outreach is not a heavy Burden. It is a beautiful commission. And I don't think it's an accident that Paul uses feet because feet traveled through the mud and the mire and the filth and the dirt on their way to carry a message. And when they arrive at the message, it's not that they are beautiful, but it's the message that makes them beautiful. And so some of you today, it feels like you've been through the mud and the mire. And how could God possibly use me? You don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. I've been broken. I've been hurt. How could God use me to carry the message? Let me tell you, it is the message of good news that makes things beautiful. God is in the business of using the broken. God is in the business of using people who don't have it all put together to share the good news. Does your life say, I have good news? I'm going to end with this illustration. And Jesus shares a parable in Matthew chapter 5, and he talks about how you are the light of the world. And he says this because it's the good news that you carry. And the light of the world is likened to a lamp or a candle. And so I wanted to show you this today. So I invited someone to come. Uh, They're going to bring out a candle. Um, And I want to light it for you so that you can see it. Now be careful. The air conditioning will get it. All right. So. You are the light of the world. And I think Jesus, when he's talking about this in his parable, is kind of, this is the visual. That each and every one of us have good news to carry. And we carry that light everywhere we go. But sometimes we find ourselves carrying the light and, and it's easy to share with people because everyone can see it, right? Everyone out here, you can see it. But the Bible talks about people who are far from God. 
And in 2 Corinthians, it says this. It says, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, it says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. The enemy of our souls has blinded the minds to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And the reality is that the gospel, the message that we don't have to do anything, that we can approach the throne of God broken and and messed up and he has grace for us is crazy. And so there's a blindness that the Bible talks about. And what that means is that if you're sitting out here and, and you have that blindness, you wouldn't know that he is holding a candle. You wouldn't know that this light is here. And, and I could tell you a little bit about it. I could tell you that it's orange, that it's small, <laughs> that he's holding it. But you might not have any concept of it. And I think sometimes the temptation for us is to carry our light when we're at church. To carry our light when we have a stage to carry our light in areas of life where it feels comfortable. But I think that what the world needs is a group of people who are willing to say, I'm going to go to the places where there is a little bit of darkness. I'm going to carry the light to the places where it feels a little bit uncomfortable. And so I, I need you to carry the light where it feels a little bit uncomfortable. I want you to carry it right down there. Don't let it go out. <laughs> Carry it right down there to the front row. And so what I think this outreach looks like is this. Is that we need to be a group of people who are willing to say, I have good news and I'm willing to carry it to the places where it feels uncomfortable. Because watch what happens. Now, if he got real close, she wouldn't just see the light. Like, she's, she couldn't see it, right? She's blind. But she could feel it. She could feel the warmth of it. Thanks, Brayden. I appreciate you. Good job. If we... <laughs> good job. If we carried the light of the good news of who Jesus is into the dark situations of our life, and we brought it near people who may be far from God, I guarantee you what would happen is they would feel something. Because the Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the light of the world. And when he is inside us, there is the love of God. And the love of God is something you can't deny. It's warm. It's something that reaches beyond just who we are because he has transformed us. So if we carried that light, you would have an opportunity to say, hey, you know what you feel right now? That's the love of God. And now we're pairing the, 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 the news of the gospel. We're able to explain what it is that God is doing. And now there is a full concept of what the love of Jesus can do in our lives. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you. It may feel like your candle is so small. 
it may feel like you've messed up so much. How could God use me? All it takes is just a tiny little bit of faith to carry into a dark situation and watch what God will do. In a moment, the band is going to sing a song. And I've invited them to sing this song to celebrate what God can do. And, and I want it to soak in this good news. And so I, they're going to sing over you this beautiful commission that we all have. That you get to carry and walk out of this building. But I want to stop for a moment. And if you're here today and you're in the room and you say, I haven't experienced the good news yet. Let me tell you, there is a God who loves you. So if you would, close your eyes and bow your heads with me. If that's you today and you say, hey, I haven't experienced the good news of the gospel, I want to encourage you, God sees you. And if I could tell you from my own life that I've been far from God and made a lot of mistakes, and I've walked in life without joy. I've walked in life with emptiness. I've walked in life with hurt. But whenever I've invited Jesus into my situation, he doesn't always make the pain go away. But man, he changes my heart from the inside out. Peace begins to enter into the situation. Joy begins to enter into life. And now when the storms of life are going on all around, you're able to stand in the knowledge of who you are because there is a God who created you and he calls you his. And we call this moment just a fresh start moment. And if you're here and you want to make that fresh start and just say, God, I want to invite you into my situation. I want to make you Lord of my life. The Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And from then on, you begin this walk with him. So if that's you, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you down. I just want to pray with you. If that's you, if you want to make a fresh start, thank you for your boldness. Yeah, see it. Thank you. Let's pray. God, we love you. Father, I thank you that you see us. God, I thank you that we can come to you just as we are. Lord, I pray that in this moment, Father, you would do a healing work. Lord, that you would begin to, uh, that you would begin to call us yours, Father. That you would begin to uh, help us to know that you are a good and loving Father. And so, in this moment, we confess. Of our sin, we say, Father, forgive us. We say, Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life and put you first. And I pray that you would walk with us, that your good news would be something that we could hold on to even in the midst of storms. And I pray that as we exit this building today, Jesus, that we would, that we would walk out different because we have good news. We pray this in your mighty name. Everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, 
please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.